if nature preaches, then what is it saying? And how can I apply their messages to my life? What if I told you that we misunderstand storms and that storms are actually good for us in many ways? Thank you for joining me today for this week's episode of More to the Story. I am your host, James Jones. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Thank you for taking some time to listen. Um, I pray that God is bringing revival to you and yours, and you know the drill. Like, share, and follow. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook. We'd really love to grow this family, but I hope all is well for you. We are praying for peace in Europe and that God would protect all those who are in danger. And I, I know that all of you guys are praying as well. But if you would, say some extra prayers for those in, in the Ukraine area and, and in the Russia area for peace there. But there is this new song that I have been listening to, and I really enjoy it. And I, I can't say it's my favorite song, but the words have been really speaking to me in this season. And so I, I want you to go and give it a listen, and then let me know what you think. Comment on our Facebook page and, and let me know if you like it. And also, I'd like to know what is your favorite worship song, so leave us a comment with all that information in there. But here's the song. It is called The Way That I Take, The Way That I Take by First Pentecostal Church of North Little Rock. It is a very good song. It's very catchy, but the words are are, are powerful. If you just listen to the words, it's been speaking to me, and maybe it'll speak to you as well. But welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me. So last week we established that nature is preaching, and today I would look like to look at some of the principles that I believe nature teaches. The gospel gives us the story of the disciples following Jesus onto a boat, and they launch out onto the sea, and they enter into a storm. And, and out on the water, in the middle of the storm, the, the disciples were afraid for their lives, and they thought that they were going to die. They were going to perish, that the boat was going to go under, they were going to drown. And everything about that storm had put fear into their hearts. The rain, the wind, the waves, the lightning and thunder, the pitch darkness that, that enveloped them. It had put fear into their hearts because storms are scary. Storms are scary. And I live in the Joplin area. And anybody who has lived in Joplin since 2011 know that, that storms are very, very scary. Um, from the 2011 tornado that went through Joplin and, and took the lives of many, many people. Storms are scary, and, and it was the same for them in this moment. It was a bad moment for the disciples. They go, and, and they wake up Jesus, and they ask him, Master, do you not care that we perish? Do you not care that we're going to die? He wakes up, and he calms the storm, and then he reprimands them for their lack of faith. And we have this misconception that storms are bad because of how scary they are and how afraid they make us feel. They make us uncomfortable and uneasy. But really, the earth declares that storms are good. In fact, every individual of a storm 
or in fact, every individual part of a storm has its own purpose in which the earth declares is good. You see, rain is good. And without rain, those, those beautiful flowers that you love so much would wither up and die. And without rain, the green grass would turn brown and the trees would die. And, and the entire earth would feel the impact of, of losing rain. Even wind. Without wind, none of our, our trees would stand strong. The, the seedlings that fall from trees would not be cut by the wind and, and not carried to another place to be planted and to grow. And we have this misconception that storms are bad, but the earth declares that storms are good. And even, even the lightning has benefits. Did you know that, that lightning releases ozone into the atmosphere? And every time lightning is formed, it, it, release, it releases more ozone into the atmosphere. So every time there is a lightning strike, that the protective layer that surrounds the earth is, is replenished. The ozone layer that protects life on earth from the harmful radiation of the sun is replenished during a lightning storm. And you see, the earth is preaching these spiritual principles that the storms in our lives are not there to kill us, but to build and replenish our faith. And every time lightning strikes around you spiritually, it's releasing something into your life. We think it's bad when lightning strikes our finances or when lightning strikes our family, but, but really there, there is a hole in your faith that needs to be strengthened. And every time lightning strikes you spiritually, it's releasing something into your life. It's replenishing something in your faith. There's a chink in your armor that God is wanting to, to strengthen. Let me show you. When the disciples were afraid for their life because of the storm, Jesus woke up and he calmed the storm and then turned their way and directly pointed out their lack of faith. Directly pointed out their lack of faith. Jesus knew that there was a hole in their faith that needed strengthened, and he used a storm as a tool to strengthen their faith. And so storms are not there to kill you, they're there to strengthen you. Lightning and and, and the rain and the wind and everything that comes from that storm has a purpose for you, and it's all working together for your good. You see, we think that darkness is bad. Even David said that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And so we associate night with weeping and daytime with joy, but actually the nighttime is just as important as the daytime. And there are some things that God wants to do for you that he can only do during a night season. There are tools that God uses that he can only use at night. For instance, uh, the, this, this principle from the earth, the moon. The moon controls the tides of the oceans. Whether or not it's going to be a high tide or a low tide is completely determined by the earth's positioning to the moon. And so the gravitational pull of the moon uh, will either pull in the tides or release the tides and it'll be pulled in on the other side of the earth. And so there are, there are some things that can only be done during the night season. And the moon is a tool that God uses at night to pull in tide and release tide, to move things, to bring things in or to push things out. And it's a tool that God only uses once the sun goes down. 
God only uses that during the night season. There's there's some tools that God will use on you in your night season. And so we despise the night sometimes. We think it's so bad because it's dark and gloomy and 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 it's a struggle. I'm not talking about just a physical a darkness in the evening time, but a spiritual season in life where you feel like you're in the dark, but God uses that to bring in things and to push out things. He can bring things into your life during the night season, or he can push things out of your life during the night season. And it's all depending on your positioning. Positioning is vital during your night season because whether or not it's a high tide or a low tide is determined completely by the earth's positioning once the moon's out. If the earth is positioned a certain way, then uh, we'll have a high tide on this side of the earth. If it's positioned a different way, the gravitational pull from the moon will pull it the other way, and it'll be a high tide. So positioning matters. For instance, let's go to Job. Job was in a a night season. (laughs) I I don't think anybody would debate that. Everything that Job lost, his family, he he lost his children, he lost his wealth, all of his livestock, he even lost his health. And he was sick and he had boils, painful boils all over his body. And, and even his friends were now turning against him. Job was in a dark season of his life, probably darker than most of us had ever, have ever been in in our lives. But he says this in Job 23, 8 through 10. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he does work, but I can't behold him. He hides himself on the right hand that I cannot see him, but he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So Job said, I go forward. I can't find God. I go backwards. I can't find God. On the left hand, I can't see him. On the right hand, I can't see him. I'm lost here. I'm confused. I'm in the dark. However, God knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold gold. You can see Job's positioning during his night season. He had positioned himself in a way that said, I may not understand everything. I don't understand why I'm in this season, why God chose to take all of this from me. I haven't sinned. I I don't feel like this is my fault. However, he knows right where I'm at. And when I come out on the other side, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be wiser. I'm going to come forth as gold. And Job positioned himself in his night season. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said this to his disciples, what I speak to you in the dark, proclaim it in the light. Whatever I say to you in the dark, proclaim it in the light. There are some things that God will never speak in your day season, but the moment you enter into a night season, Jesus says, now I can tell you what I've been wanting to tell you. I can speak to you this, or I can speak to you that, and then once the day season comes back, you can go preach it, and you can go proclaim it. So night seasons are good. Even Paul and Silas in prison, um, they were in prison for preaching the gospel. They weren't hoodlums. They weren't sinning. They weren't... Um, causing a ruckus. They were just preaching the gospel, but they are thrown into prison, and they are, I, I, I can only imagine the fear that would be in there. I know I would be afraid if I was in, in prison, but the Bible says somewhere around midnight, 
Paul and Silas began singing and praising and worshiping the Lord. So they were in a night season spiritually and a night season physically at midnight. But Paul and Silas said, I'm going to position myself. I may be in a prison. It may be midnight in my life right now. But I'm going to position myself to receive a miracle, to receive a deliverance. And so what did they do? They sang in their night season. They sang in their prison. They began to worship and praise God. And because of that, the Bible says they were miraculously delivered. The, the, there was an earthquake and all of the prison doors were opened. It was a miracle because they positioned themselves correctly in their night season. And so I want to say this. Do not allow your storms and your struggles and your night seasons to give you a bad spirit and a bad attitude. Never let that happen. Try your best. If you can't do anything else, keep your attitude right. Keep your spirit right. Position yourself, even in the struggle, even in the night season, position yourself and say, I may not understand everything, but he knows where I'm at. And when I come out on the other side, I'm going to be better. I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship. Everything's going to be good. God can work with that. God can work with that. So that's a night season. There's, there's principles there. Uh, another thing that the earth declares that, that most of us may not agree with is fire. We, ca- we, we call, so these wildfires that burn off thousands and thousands of acres of land, we see them in California and in Colorado and, 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 and in Australia. We, we've seen these happen and, and it takes lives and it burns down homes and it kills wildlife and it's devastating and we call it a natural disaster. A natural disaster, because in a lot of ways it is. It it, it does destroy. It destroys homes, lives, wildlife, and, and things like that. But the earth doesn't say that. The earth says that fire is good. Did you know that that fires and wildfires is the earth's way of restoring and and restarting itself? Did you know that even farmers on their fields on their properties that uh, on a regular basis, they'll have controlled burns and they'll burn off their whole field. Happens all the time around us. I live out in the country and there's farmers all around us and it happens all the time. They do a controlled burn and they burn off their field because after the fire is done and the ashes are there, if you'll wait a while, the grass and the plants and, and everything that was burned, at least everything that was good that was burned, grows back better it grows back more green, more lush, more full. And, and, and here's what happens. It's because all of the thorns and the brambles and the bad stuff on the ground, it doesn't grow back because its root systems are deeper. And so when it gets burned, it gets burned deeper um, in comparison to the grass and everything that's good. And so once you burn it all off, the good grows back and the bad doesn't. I'm sure it's going to grow back eventually and you got to do another burn, but, but it doesn't grow back as fast, not even close. And so the earth says that fires are good. It's a restoration process. It's, it's burning everything off so the good can be free to grow unhindered from the thorns and the vines and the, and the brambles. And, and there's so many spiritual principles there. For instance, the three Hebrew boys. Bible says that they refuse to bow, and so they are thrown into this furnace. They are bound hand and feet. 
they are thrown into this furnace and and to burn to death. Nebuchadnezzar the king goes back after a few moments and opens the window, looks inside, and says, did we not throw three into the fire? And they said, yes, that's, that's, that's what we did. And he said, I see four. They're walking around un, uh, unbound, and one of them looks like the Son of God. They bring them out. The three Hebrew boys come out of the fire. And the Bible says that, the, that not a hair on their head was singed. The smell of smoke was not on them. They were not harmed. They were not burnt. But guess was not on them? The restraints were not on them. They had came off. They had been burned off the ropes that, was, that had them bound, that they were tied up with, were burned off. It was burned off. The bad was burned away, and it gave them freedom, and it gave them liberty. The earth declares this. That's, that's a spiritual principle right there, that when we, whenever we go through the fire, God can use it to burn off whatever's been hindering us. God can use it to burn off the bad so that the good can grow, and the earth preaches the same thing. The earth preaches the same thing. That's why out of the ashes comes a greener grass grass and, and a more lush plant life. See, storms are good. Storms are good according to the earth. It's not limited to just those three, but also earthquakes. Earthquakes, the earth declares, can be good. But how, how is that possible? Because we've all seen on the news where earthquakes have destroyed cities, leveled cities in Haiti and in Chile and things like that, and, and killed hundreds and hundreds of people. So how can that be good? I'm not saying that the loss of life is good. It, that, that's tragic. That is a tragedy in our, in our hearts and our prayers. Go out to everybody. Um, I, I live in Joplin. I lived in Joplin in, in 2011. When we lost 160 plus people to that storm, that's, that's not a good thing. That is a tragedy. That's tragic. That is, that's not a good thing. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, what I'm trying to do is pull, pull principles from nature that apply to us spiritually. So let's talk about an earthquake. According to the United States Geological Survey, scientists at the National Earthquake Information Center record that more than 20,000 earthquakes happen each year and estimate that millions occur globally. They also say that earthquakes allow nutrients and minerals to cycle from the ocean to the earth's surface. Hugh Ross, one of the astrophysicists in the Royal Astronomical Society in Canada, said that in the absence of an earthquake or tectonic activity, the nutrients needed by living on the land would be undermined from the continent and collected in the oceans. What he's saying is that without earthquakes, every, all of the nutrients that was needed by the plant life and everything on, 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 on the ground would be undermined, would be, would be lacking from the continent, from the ground, and it would all be just collected in the, in the ocean. And so what an earthquake is... And so these tectonic plates that are that are beneath the ground, these massive, massive rock plates, they are constantly moving and they are grinding against one another and 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 colliding with one another and and separating from one another. And and what happens is is all of that moving and grinding and releasing and colliding, it is moving things underneath the earth and it has effects up top, sometimes devastating effects. 
But looking away from those devastating effects, you can see benefits from tectonic activity and from earthquakes where nutrients that is needed by plant life is being moved from the bottom of the ocean. It is being moved from the ocean floor up and up to the continents and up to the dry ground. Scientists also say that that earthquakes enrich soil and it regulates the planet's temperature. It it concentrates gold and other rare metals and it maintains the sea's chemical balance. All of that comes from an earthquake. These good things that are coming from uh, something that's happening underneath the surface where things are moving and things are grinding and and colliding with one another. You might not be able to see it, but you can feel the effects of it. You can see the effects of it when something down inside is moving, right? It, it, It may feel uncomfortable in our lives whenever we, quote unquote, have a spiritual earthquake, when something down deep in our soul starts moving and hitting one another. And it feels like there's this battle in our soul. There's this earthquake, a grinding, a, a colliding, and a separating. But, but there's things that's being moved around for our good. Tsunamis. Um, Dr. Uh, Jalei de Boer, a geologist at Wesleyan University who grew up in Indonesia and has studied the archipelago, says that historical evidence from earlier tsunamis suggests that huge waves can distribute rich sediments from river systems across coastal plains, making the soil richer, and it brings fertile, fertile soil into the lowlands, and, and, and he said, in time, a more fertile jungle will develop from a tsunami. Benefits from floods, benefits from tsunamis and great waves. And so there's spiritual principles there. The Old Testament says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. And so in the Spirit, floods and tsunamis, things that seem to overwhelm us and push us under the water, they have benefits for us. Volcanoes, Um, Did you know that volcanic soil is among the highest valued soil in the world because of how rich in nutrients and minerals the soil is? Uh, This is what a scientist said, that the volcanoes of the recycling process make rich soil ideal for producing coffee, sugar, rubber, coconuts, palm oil, tobacco, pepper, tea, and cocoa. It's amazing how the earth testifies. I said all of that to say this. It's amazing how the earth testifies that God can take the bad and God can take the devastation and the disaster and God can work it for good. Romans eight twenty eight for all things work together for the good to them who are called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus. God can take your storm. God can take the wind, the rain, the lightning. He can take the darkness. He can take the earthquakes, the tsunamis, the floods, the volcanoes. He can work it for your good. He can work it for your good. And so this is what we say. Thank God for the storm. Thank God for for taking me into that season of life and strengthening me. Thank you, Jesus, for the storm and the night season in my life that you used for my good, that you used to fix something in me, to move something in me, to help me. 
thank God for the storm. Thank God for the storm. Um, thank you for listening. Like, share, and subscribe. Um, I really appreciate it. And I, I, I'm thankful that you would take some time to, to listen. And I hope that you are blessed by this. Thank God for the storm. Thank God for the storm.